speak Latin, that's at and all. I'll give her a whirl. Your, your dad probably listened to music like that, right? Stand Speaks Latin. Oh man, last minute you got to get a rhyme in there. Your yeah, dad, your, Latin. but that, that's the kind of music your dad enjoyed. I know you like Count Basie. It was one you've mentioned a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he liked big bands. Oh, the like, big bands. Tell me more about that. Well, you know, he was uh, like you know that you like grew up hearing. Like when when music was on, he was he was putting on stuff like that. Yeah, I I posted the other day on Instagram that my dad was a member of the Washington crew in, in, four years after the Boys in the Boat. Okay, so he, he joined uh, he joined the Washington crew in 1940. Crew. Okay, and then uh, and then he was well he start wait a minute he started the University of Washington in 1940. He joined the he joined the crew. He was on the JV crew. Oh oh, this is the rowing thing. The rowing. That's like right. The Winklevosses. That's right. He's, okay, <laughs> not no. At the time, in, in Washington State, crew was the biggest sport of all sports. What? And, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The, the whole huh. city turned out. Front page news and all the – because the Washington crew had won the Olympics in 1936. Have you not seen Boys in the Boat? No, it keeps coming up in my recommendation. Should I watch it? Oh, you really should. You I really like, should. Front, I think it's like Frontline or American Experience, so I'll, I'll give it a spin. If you want to know the story – if you want to know – I thought it was about English story, people. No, it's about okay. killer. It's about crushing English people's dreams with Seattle <laughs> with Seattle power. And you see, this is this is the year. This is the year in uh, was it Munich? Yeah, Jesse Owens and and Jesse Adolf Owens. Hitler. Adolf H. Hitler. Yeah, and the thing is, it's the University of Washington. Okay, right, and Seattle, watch. Washington, that basically set the stage to destroy Hitler. Only ten years later, they created the conditions. Only ten years later, a lot of people say the war Hitler started so in thirty-seven. Started a war, but it's not their yeah. fault. No, where did you go? No, I'm here. I'm just realizing how what horribly I'm interrupting you. Uh, are, do you. Are we having latency? Maybe Merlin. Okay, you are there. Hello, hello. Let's try again. Merlin. Okay, well, I lost you. Hello. Hello. We have terrible latency that I'll have to fix. I I thought I thought this was the week. I figured this is I think about this every week, every podcast. This yeah. is the week the person finally just doesn't let me interrupt them. And I, I can accept that. <laughs> but what happened? Oh, well, it's what we in the business call latency, which oh, is like you got latency. I'm plugged into Ethernet, are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm behind 17 proxies. <laughs> That's your problem. Uh, no, 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 no. They're all good proxies. Oh, and they're all like integrated? Well, yeah, and it's like one, the top one is the tallest, and then it goes down to all the lower proxies. Proxies all the way down. Yeah, but it, but it's moving fast. It's moving downhill. Now, the question to you is, do I keep all of this in and just fix it a little bit, or or I think I should just keep it in, and I'll try to make yeah. it funny. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever this new thing is, I'm really into it. Because it's kind of like, it's better than the emoji shrug, but that's kind of what it is, right? It's a horse sound. (laughs) 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 So sorry. Washington crew. Washington crew. So anyway, my dad showed up, same coach, same everything, showed up, got elevated to the varsity in 1942. Whoa. 
And then Ulrichson, the famous coach, you know, they won against California. They beat everybody. But then the war, the war. Uh-huh. The war that the, they, they set up the conditions for. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The war that Washington had basically had basically like tripped the wire yeah. uh, and, uh, and lit the fuse. And so at the end of that year, all the, all the big rowing meets back, at, back east where Washington could have beat Navy and beat Princeton or whatever, those were all You see, this place, this place is at this point, it's been several years since the Olympics, but this is a dynasty. Oh, for sure. Oh, yes. Okay, all right. My dad, my dad, I'll, I'll send you a picture. My dad. I'm looking at got... WashingtonRowing.com, 1942, and I'm trying to find a photo. Yeah, well, no, that's the thing. There are very few photos of 42, and it's one of those, it's one of those where because, you. Because of the war. Because of the war. They had to it's... use the film for, for the war effort. Yeah, if you've, got a, uh, if you've got a friend named Selena Gomez and you try to Google her. Yeah, it's going to be really hard oh, to get, sure. you know, to get down to where, uh, where where uh, the results are going to be meaningful to you. Yeah, I've run into that more often than you'd think. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so uh, so Dad, if you think about his formative years, right? He's twenty one in nineteen forty two, and he joins the Navy ROTC and he goes to war. And does he have a poster of Betty Grable on the wall of his hooch? Yeah. Down in, you know, down in Corregidor? Does he? Oh, you bet he does. She's a handsome woman, John. And every one of those uh, war movies you watch, World War II war movies, where young guys with crew cuts wearing um, khaki uniforms uh, are, are <laughs> dancing around in a, in a Quonset hut. <laughs> to bump, oh, of course. So you get though probably like I want to say like the Andrews sisters. Well, the whole bit, the whole, all Benny of it. Goodman, yeah. you know. Um, so bum 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 bum. So that song he, is so punk rock. Sing sing. Every, I think I use it for like fast food commercials now, but it's still beautiful. <laughs> every single. I mean, uh, he. You could not have enough horns. Right, if there, mm. if you had fifty horns on stage, he would have wanted fifty more, <laughs> and uh, and and he never lost his love for and appreciation of that music, which some might say is another way of saying that he never liked any other music, despite many many forms of music coming and going. Mm-hmm. He could listen to rock music, but he wouldn't. It's not what he wanted. He didn't like. This is the kind of thing that's much easier to understand as you get older. Yeah. No, no, and where it's not just like, oh, you're playing Kiss too loud. It's just like, yeah, it's really, that's that's not my thing. Right. It's uh, all of my friends are constantly making jokes where they put they put up the poster of Coachella and they circle two things they've ever heard uh, of. Oh, yeah, right. I've seen that. It's true. <laughs> but, um, it really is true. But he... <laughs> if I see one, is, I'm lucky. I'm like, hey, I know Boy Genius. <laughs> yeah, but I've, I don't, I've, never heard, I've never heard their music, but I'm I know. Hip, I'm hip to the it. jive. Oh, do, do, do a leap. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 cat. Dojo cat. Dojo cat. Major Domo cat. But they have. But Dad did not like modern jazz. He thought it was just uh, everybody soloing all at once. You know what Cab Calloway called it? What did Cab Calloway? Little, little problem, Matt. He called it Chinese music. Talking oh. about like 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 bop. <laughs> yeah. So peanut, so peanut. And. Uh, he did not. Dad had no affection for the Brat Pack, any of that kind of. As previously thought, stipulated, your parents, like my parents, we discussed this from very early on. 
um, we're both into, we're both sets of parents, we're into music like that. Not, and you, you talked about your mom in particular, I feel like saying, you know, hey, I was a grown person. Yeah. Like I was, I wanted to, I was attracted to the things that adults liked and was open to like elevating my palate in a way that made me more sophisticated kind of, right? Yeah, and I mean, not again, if, if we're prefacing everything by saying, not to be racist, yeah. but... My I think mom, that's implicit, but it's probably smart. My mom looked at the at the brat pack and was like, "Why do I? Why do I? Why would I listen to the, all these rapey Italians?" Oh. You know, this is just like, <laughs> "Oh dear me, the, this is garbage." You know, oh, because dear she, me, because coming she, in with she, their guinea charm, she, with their <laughs> slick suits, <laughs> their and just to show on. you that I am not a hard-hearted man <laughs> into this clean country. It's exactly true. I need to appreciate if he paid for it himself. Yeah, that's right. Send They're pushing Klingman out. Right <laughs> so, Anyways. I mean, her... Sorry, you know, everybody. Her. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Two significant parts of the population. <laughs> it's a me. Tony Bennett. <laughs> uh, I ate of the mushroom or whatever. Frank Sinatra. Hey, he fucked my wife right here on this bar, and it was an honor. You know sir. what that book should be called? It should be called "Yes, I Can." If Frank Sinatra says I can, because he he tells all those guys what to do. You know the problem with these these uh, these <laughs> British musicians—they don't respect their culture. <laughs> He's in the Godfather too, mm-hmm. or Godfather as well, Godfather too. <laughs> <laughs> Godfather two, Godfather two. I, I don't want to nice sound racist, doctor, but he doctor. plays obese Clemenza. Oh, when he's obese Clemenza, of obese course. Clemenza, and then Clemenza wanted too much money to be in no, Godfather two. Right. He's the and rug that, stealing Clemenza. Yeah, oh. they, they was all real proud of you, Mike. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, <laughs> I watched Master and Commander last night, oh, and so then good. I watched the first two and a half episodes of The World at War again. Oh, nice. Oh, oh, the seven, that's the so seven, funny. The 73 TV series with Lawrence. Oh, it's so freaking good. You know, not to uh, not to uh, make us go immediately into uh, old man stuff, but I went to the model train show yesterday. Oh, terrific. Yeah, terrific. you watched Were Ma- you home in time for Wapner? <laughs> it was. You watched Master and Commander for the 40th time and then yes. a, a 1970s documentary. <laughs> <laughs> the world fast. of war. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I was busy going choo-choo. How, how'd that go? Was it all the same scale, John, or were there different scales? scales merlin i don't know if you know about yeah. the the scale wars i feel like there's h h o and b o are three that uh, i remember no they're nowadays so oh, oh boy oh yeah this is like that's my last paul that's nowadays. the thing where i know a lot about a thing where it's not really a thing anymore well, I mean, there's always, listen, there's always mm-hmm. going to be H.O., just as there's always going to be an American flag flying over the Capitol. Thank you. But, and there's always going to be some, like, I don't know, some 400-year-old man that's still building Lionel train sets. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who those vampires are. They'll never die. Uh, who has I'm going to be really clear. I do not find it unattractive. I don't have the space for it. It's already bad enough with the 3D printing. I, I'm being, I'm serious though. Like when I see people who make a whole like environment on a yeah. big piece of plywood, I'm very attracted. But here's what's happening in the industry. Here's okay. what's happening in the train culture. First of all, Lego trains, a certain segment of the people, and and it's um, it's younger neckbeards, obviously. Lego trains are beautiful things. They're this really is, beautiful. All new to me. And is there like a fairly standard way that they power those? Or well, does everybody all, do their own thing, like soapbox derby? No, no, no. They're 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 um, Lego actually makes train sets oh. in in Lego scale. 
They're not in any of, they're not in HO or N or any of the other things. Thanks they're for in, nothing. I do not need to know L. that. Okay. Because <laughs> we, we haven't done Thomas trains in like 10 years. Oh, yeah. We bought the powered ones. We had like four or five powered ones. So I am looking that up right now. So, so that's, train, that's been ascendant, you're saying. Oh, well, I mean, when you see someone who has built an entire Lego train set, what, you're, what you find is that it is compatible with all Lego oh, buildings, all Lego God. worlds. And so this they is not will, that expensive. Well, and considering that it interacts with all your pre-existing Legos. Exactly. It's backwards compatible with your Lego and your Duplo. At this, at the, at this train uh, event, um, the Lego train, which took up about an acre of land, at one point goes into a Lego city that has Lego skyscrapers. Oh, my God. Lego skyscrapers that were like 15, 20 feet tall, modern, all-glass skyscrapers. I can't believe it never occurred to me till now. It makes yeah. so much sense. Oh, yeah. And you can do old-fashioned. You can do oh uh, super modern. You can do European town. You can do American country town. Just let the Legos... Uh, drive the train set, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of the train set driving the Legos. Oh, boy, that's good. So that's a whole universe. And model train people are like, uh, okay, it's, yes, it's what we've been doing all along. Right. This sounds like a major potential fracture. I, because, well, but the fracture is everyone else building model railroads is 80. Yeah. And then over there at the Lego set, there's a bunch of 35-year-olds and I mean, all the kids, mm -hmm. right, are just like, oh, my God. And, you know, and, of course, they do all the – This Orient they, Express is pretty sweet. They're amazing, <clears throat> right? They, so, somebody built a, a Lego s uh, space needle that was basically to scale. Yeah. And then at the top, they put a, a little Jimi Hendrix mm -hmm. standing up there, a little like, Lego like, Jimi like Hendrix. King, like King Kong. And all of the, well, he was up on the top. Sure. Yeah, yeah. All of the kids walked by and I heard him one after another, like, there's a little guitar player on the, on Space Needle. What's he doing? Oh my God, guitar player up there. And I just thought, well, this is the greatest, right? Mm -hmm. But then the new, the new deal, many, many years ago, they introduced the N scale, okay. which is, which is small. N scale. Okay. Which is small. Oh, I see. But still, <clears throat> still very detailed. It's one and, to one sixty. And you can build on a tabletop a very elaborate train set okay. with N scale. And so when N scale first came out, all the HO people who dominated the scene were like, "What is this? This right. is something." Those, for those some, are the little ones. Yeah, and it's just for some German weirdos and somebody that lives in a, in an efficiency apartment in Tokyo. Who's who else is gonna? A train set should be the entire basement. Right. But it's, it's, scale, it's, a, it's a form of manifest destiny. And I think what's happened is that Gen Xers have embraced N scale in a way I did not, I had never seen before. Okay. And, and I talked to a lot of them uh, because that's my nature. The yeah. other day, the other day we, uh, we were at the grocery store and uh, I was there with my daughter's mother slash partner, but we had arrived at, uh, Separately, because we each had our own groceries to get for the separate homes we maintain. <laughs> and um, easy peasy lemon squeezy. <laughs> but we were at we were at the grocery store simultaneously, and then she had left the grocery store and had gone home. And she said later, 
I see why it's so hard for you to do things, why it's so hard for you to go to the grocery store, because every time I came around a corner, you were talking to a different grocer. It's good that she saw that and now she understands. <laughs> you were leaning on your cart, not grocery shopping, no. but instead in some kind of elaborate conversation about butter with some uh, with some grocer that had an arm full of lettuce and was trying to get you know get down the road. And I was like, well, I happen to know that grocer. And we were, we were Actually, catching I have a up. Song, I have a song about butter that might interest you. <laughs> no, that grocer had to fill me in. I, had, I, I was it's walking an down analogy. the aisle. And another grocer stopped and said, I was just looking at your in, uh, Instagram and you were at the train show. And I said, I sure what? was. Yeah. Is I mean, it, was I, this somebody you're acquainted with or had you given them like a card or something? No, it's a, Seattle's a small town. I oh. live in a community, sir. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. So, so you know, she, you know everybody. Your your old Lyft driver Joe. Yeah, a little bit. So she's like, I see, it's so Sue. it's so hard for you to get through the world because you got to stop. And also, I even the grocers I don't know. I'm interested in their grocer grocering. It's just a grocer you haven't met yet. That's right. That's right. I don't have. There's no enemies in the world. Anyway, so N scale, everywhere I went, it was a guy my age. And I said, I would walk up and I'd go, N scale, huh? And they would all say, well, you know, uh, of course I was HO. And I'm like, yeah, me too. And they said, but, but, you know, I got, I got kids. I got, uh, you know, my wife's not going to be like, oh, take up the whole basement and then N scale. And I was like, I see. The opposite of a minivan. Like, you're like, oh, I got to take Tyler's cleats places. So I need this big crossover SUV. In this case, you're like, because I have so many SUVs now, I don't have room for anything but N scale. Yeah, I have have a, a corner somewhere that has been allotted to me for this hobby. And I am really into it. And I can see it. They're beautiful. Right, right, right. But then, Merle, there's Z scale. Oh, geez. And Z scale. Is that, was, the, is that the one that's really extreme? It's so small. It's <gasps> oh, so gosh, tiny. I look. Okay. It's, oh, I think this one doesn't so even, the one I'm looking at doesn't even include. Oh, look at that. It is much smaller. That is 1 to 220. And just so you all know, if you're not a dork, uh, we're talking about ratios here. Right? Ratios. That's right. It's all right. about ratios. So if you want to look at it this way, if, if there were, for whatever reason, something in that world that's, that's 220 feet long, it mm-hmm. would be represented by something that's one foot long. Yeah, so it's like uh, if you if some evil genius had a shrinking ray that he had set to two twenty uh, reduction, two twenty, two twenty one, and then he accidentally slipped and his head hit it, and it, uh-huh. and it, and it uh, shot like at an Shrinker. entire railroad. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, there was actually a person there who had an entire train set, including mountains and and villages, that was in a briefcase, oh. a, big, a big briefcase. John, if I could say that's. Just about your dream in some ways. If you think about, oh, you're on you an airplane. You talk about being Mr. Guy. You show yeah. up and they go, the businessman's here. He opens it up and there's an entire train set an in it. An entire train set. And it's not some dork train set. It's like nice. It's uh-huh. real. It looks great. Think about that, where you where you show up at a party and, and they're like, oh, what'd you bring in the, in the briefcase? And then you open the you open the lid and then you're the hit of the party for the rest of the night. Right? It's almost as good as bringing a 12-string guitar. You bring a 12-string, you know, a lot of people I gave walk in. my love a cherry. <laughs> They've got a half rack of Strohs, and they think, uh-huh. hey, I'm the, I'm the king of the, the walk here. And they're like, we ask you to bring ice and a salad. And here, no, <laughs> I did you one better. You put on your cap. <laughs> I got little ice and little You salad. put on a tiny little hat. <laughs> a little, no, I hand out hats. Are, hats are they Z-scale hats? Uh, well, th- there were some paper locomotive guy hats, uh, but... 
a lot of people at the train show still are wearing classic mm-hmm. locomotive engineer hats. Like a peak, I had, kind of like a peak peak cap sort of. Yeah, well, and it's made out of that uh, that yeah, ticking the, the material. Blue, yeah, it's ticky. It's like a mattress hat. And then I had my white corduroy Alaska Railroad hat, <laughs> which Whoa. when people noticed it, they all, because the Alaska Railroad is extremely popular as a format for doing railroads mm-hmm. because it's a, it's a, Alaska Road is a closed system. It doesn't connect to any other railroads. Okay. And it goes through the most amazing scenery in the world. So if you're somebody that loves to build ravines. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Alaska, or even if you're somebody that wants to build like a, like a switching yard, the Alaska railroad switching yard is very small, very manageable. You could build it on a piece of plywood and it would be, you know, there's an old train station, there's a bunch of car barns, there's a roundhouse. Mm -hmm. So people love it. And it's, and the livery is beautiful. All the logos, all Mm -hmm. the colors. That that's 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 the 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 color pattern, almost like the way you <clears throat> like have uh, FSU is garnet and gold, or livery is yeah. also like like race cars and stuff, right? That's right. That's yeah, right. Okay. Wow. So, so I had my hat, and a lot of times when somebody saw it, they would frantically reach into their pocket and pull out some Alaska Railroad button or some, you know, they flip their hat around and it said Alaska Railroad on it. Like it's a real, it's a real train person. Hat brother, yeah. Yeah, where it's like, ah, Alaska Railroad. And then, of course, I got the top story of all. Like, oh, yeah, you into the Alaska Railroad? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah me. You ever well, uh, ride on the back of one of those throwing uh, yeah. paper you just set on fire? Huh? You know, I've got an Alaska Road-based uh, train set, but I built it in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Before, mm. when you were just riding this. For, for real, were you doing this when Did you have the, any of these? Because they're, they're a little bit costly. But, like, you, you, did, you, did, you actually, did you actually have uh, powered trains? When my dad got, a, when he got his job as the chief counsel of the Alaska Railroad, the first thing he did was buy me a train set and have it custom outfitted oh with Alaska Rail Fro- Are Railroad. Are you kidding library. me? Before that was That's even so a much thing. cooler than me giving my kid a podcast metrics uh, account. <laughs> <laughs> and, and. It looks like we're at some drop off after the ad. When I was living with him, so when I lived in Seattle, he bought this, and my mom said, "I uh, there's nowhere for this train set. We're we're a humble people who live in a in a mid-century flat-roofed house with no basement. We there's no place for this." Yeah. And then her boyfriend, Bobby, took the challenge and said, "Oh, I've got a solution." And he built a train set that was on chains that you could raise up until it was flat against the ceiling. Oh, today they call that a home hack. And then it would lower you, you, you it down. Raise it, you raise it up. It's like a, it's like a transportation portcullis kind of. It's like a whole platform. Yep. And you raise it. Wow. Bobby sounds handy. Bobby was great. Mom's favorite boyfriend of all time. Bobby was, uh, Bobby was Susan's, you know, she, she thought of him as a, as a stepdad. Mm-hmm. He was great. Bobby was great. <clears throat> but then when I moved up to Alaska, my dad and I lived in a three-bedroom condo, and it was just the two of us. So one of the bedrooms was the train room. Oh, my God. And not only did it have- He's a, not against this. He's no. for this. Not only did it have a, a full <clears throat> train set built in it, and he would come home from work sometime with some craftsman at the railroad who had built a new 
little Alaska Railroad locomotive based on the ones that were right outside his window. Oh, my God. And Dad would come home with these things in a little box and be like, look what I got. That's but insane. Also, he was coming home having – because he I, – my dad loved, loved every grocer and loved As every – As previously uh, discussed, your, your father also was like a, a, a pretty legendary talker. Oh, and he, would I think, I think at one point you said that he would, he was a guy who would fix his plane who was at, I want to say Nevada, mm. but there was a guy, the guy who fixed his plane, he would just kind of go there to, so he, so he could visit with the guy. Yeah. he it was down in, uh, Alturas, California, Northern, okay. North, uh, Eastern California. He'd go down there just to, you know, that's a four day trip or whatever. <laughs> go down just that to- seems less crazy to me all the time. With this guy. I know, right? At the, yeah. at the time I was like, dad- you, you flew over 20,000 aircraft mechanics in order to get to this guy, Cliff Hudson. No, Cliff Hudson was a, was a bush pilot in, in Tolkien. No, I forget what this guy is. That's okay. But, uh, but dad was, uh, and I, I just thought, it was like, what are you doing? Alturas is nothing. It's like a cowboy town that fell on hard times. And, uh, and my dad was like, well, he's got his hangar out here because it's cheap. Mm-hmm. But I like, your, I like wa- that you're also you've adapted this to be his voice b- before he got the voice that we that we. Uh, yeah, he was a younger yeah. guy. He was yeah, not. Yeah, he, <laughs> it wasn't quite a, where he had his later voice. He, he, just the beginning. <laughs> I miss when you do that voice. He was, all, he was only sixty at that oh. point. Not he was not like eighty. Did you check the livery? <laughs> but so, but he would also he'd go out to the shops, <clears throat> and those guys out there would hand him things. He would come home with the old switching lights that used to be oil fired. Oh my God. And they're like, we're they were switching just gonna, these. They're just going to throw them away. Well, or they're just lying around in the corners. And so sure. they're like, uh, dad's like, oh, that's nice. And they're like, take it. So I had in the train room, not just my train that was gradually being built. Oh my gosh. But also all these 1920s railroad lamps that were, Three feet tall, you know, like, I mean, it was decked out. Signs on the wall that said railroad crossing, the whole thing. Oh, my goodness. Well, then my sister moved in with us. Oh, jeez. And. Who who we we love. We love her. And without any hesitation, I said, well, I'll live under the train set. And so Susan got the the bedroom and I put a mattress under the train. And that's how I went through sixth grade. That's not true. Living under a train. And your father let that happen. Loved it. You had and you so, had like a little like a little bivouac down there. So I would crawl under the train set oh and had my little bed and blankets and stuff and lived under there. <laughs> this is not a story I've ever told. Nobody's nobody knows about. It's I mean like it's so cool. It's ridiculous. No, I, I mean some some people may go ha ha like you have enthusiasm for something. I think that's so cool, and I think it's cool that you got away with however long that you got away with sleeping under it for some period of time. Well, and and so so, but here's the attention deficit disorder uh, issue. Not oh. a, not disorder. I don't even want to call it a disorder anymore. The attention deficit uh, advantage, hmm. ADA. Oh, uh, I like wh- that. Which is that. Unlike the old men that spend all this time building things that they think of as static environments, I was constantly changing the layout because I was like, well, wait a minute. What if this track went over here? Well, what if it looped around? Well, what if there was a little thing over here? And so it was never fully uh, – uh, it, it never solidified. It was a it was a 
kinetic environment. It was all. It was all in a way that a regular um, real world railroad couldn't. It was. It was always evolving, and it was a process, a project for you, where you're like you're thinking like, oh, and maybe next time I'll do this or I'll do that, and like rearrange, and like it's not about making this one perfect mise en scene. It's about right. like this evolving uh, little biome. Exactly. But every change I made, unlike a lot of my other projects, the goal was always to get it running again. And so every change I made, I would keep, I had, it was just a small enough, you know, it was just a, a simple enough goal. Yes, take it apart. Yes, change it around, but get it running again. And don't just leave it as a pile of garbage. And so it was always evolving, but I wouldn't, I could stay focused long enough to to get power back to it and get trains moving i i had i don't know if they're called slot cars but whatever that was called we had the race cars on a track and there were like little kind of feelers on the bottom yeah. <clears throat> right and it went around electric I, I i've played the the quarterback or the hockey game or the quarterback game that's like electrical stuff i've had terrible luck with all of those things is yeah. it like like the track and then eventually not didn't take long before the tracks didn't connect together very well and it was really i that's what i kept thinking about I, I realize it's not the same thing but i kept thinking about that when you were describing getting it running again part of getting it running again is like it's more than just putting up trees you like it's like getting all the track in place and it's not really a train set until the train can make a loop Exactly. And, and sometimes you make, uh, you make changes to the train, um, <clears throat> that seem really good, but then at full speed, the train's just going to derail cause it can't handle that kind of, it can't I went through that, that with the Thomas trains for sure. Yeah. You got to give it enough room to really get some speed up before it goes over a hump. I learned something interesting about Thomas trains, which is that, uh, severely autistic kids for whatever reason, really respond to Thomas. His face. And so much so. I've heard this too, yeah. That, yeah, that how a kid responds to Thomas is part of a diagnosis or a diagnostic process. Sure, sure. That if they're like, well, we're not sure, you know, about this kid, let's get some Thomas trains in here and see what they do. And And, and uh, maybe kids who are normally not as sort of engaged with yes. the outside world, we'll, we'll kind of perk up sometimes. Just totally open up to Thomas. So much so that a person I know who works it with, um, with, with kids on the spectrum mm-hmm. uh, actually refers to those kids as friends of Thomas. <laughs> That's sweet. I know. Isn't that nice? Yeah, we've, we've so, got a thing here where you can go on a real-life Thomas train. Uh, oh. I mean, in the sense, I mean, like it's you know, somewhere here, uh, somewhere near the Bay Area. It's not like <clears throat> super nearby, but yeah, and it's it's a big destination. Of course, they have parties and stuff like that. But I've I've heard this a similar thing. I I've, I would never want to say anything hurtful about people or try to make a cliche, but I've I mean trains. I mean that's already you know that's kind of in the wheelhouse of a lot of kids I know. Yeah. And then the, the I've I've just I don't know. I've always heard that the faces in particular are very appealing, and because it's I guess maybe because it's so broad and grokkable and it's on a train. Like that's yeah. It's, it's, a, it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. Best of all worlds. And so anyway, but I was there at the train show with my <laughs> daughter. And of, <laughs> of course, yeah. she's already like dad talks to every grocer. And now oh, he's boy, here. What a, that's a dream come oh. true. All these strange men are all wearing the same hat mm-hmm. and they're all building these incredible things. And so it actually, she was very uh, engaged for a while. She let go kid. Well, yes. And so, 
We yeah. got over to the Lego. I, I asked that partly because of the Lego set, but also just because if you're somebody who's into Legos, I think that is definitely an entree into things like the way I'm interested in miniatures, like whether mm. that's D&D miniatures or 3D miniatures or maquettes or like mm. whatever that is. There's Blue that naked, stuff. Uh, girls and, uh, and... Yeah, like when and, Velma lifts her sweater and she has giant, <laughs> giant boobs and makes a big open mouth face. I went to that guy's thing to, to, to get something to help me uh, with my PTFE tubes and make sure they aligned correctly and didn't withdraw the uh, filament incorrectly and get okay. clogged. But then he also had uh, something he'd made. It was Velma, and she yes. was pulling up her sweater, and she yes. had huge boobs and, huge and was ones. making a no face. Yeah, yeah. Well, you whoop, know, whoop. At, at the time, uh, at the, in the Scooby-Doo era, as we call it, yes. you know, Velma was uh, was like – the kind of comically dumpy, un, know. you know, unpretty know. Uh, nerd. It's Ginger and Marianne all over again. But as time has gone on, yes. that has become the, the, the model of a totally sexy sex pot. And all of the people, I think it's, I think it's partly like Ghost World. Um, oh, like the Thor Birch character. Where Thor, Thor is basically a Thelma. And then is, yeah. all of a sudden, it's just like, well, Thelma, the, the amount of Rule 34 Thelma material that's out there mm-hmm. is, uh, is I mean, Val- would, Valentine's Day is coming up, just so you know, and every, every occasion of any kind really brings out a lot of enthusiasm on the 3D printing sites, which I, I'm not here to yuck on a yum, but it nope. is, sometimes it is very, very funny. And I, I'm very, I'm this close, I don't want to shame people, but I'm this close to curating a collection of, uh, I'm going to call it Thanks Honey, and it's a collection of <laughs> things you can print out to give your wife or girlfriend for Valentine's Day. And, and you know those little, like a canonical, like a ticket, like a ticket you'd get at a carnival that's got the four kind of scooped out corners? Uh-huh. Uh, it's, you, you print out two of these tickets uh, to Pound Town, uh-huh. and you can give that. <laughs> um, you can say, Happy Valentine's Day. Here's two tickets to Pound Town I printed for you. Now, that's on the same machine I used to, I used to make that Christmas ornament for you and, a, and the spoon holder you don't use. Uh-huh. It's all, I've got it all here. Uh-huh. I can't laugh. Because I'm talk- I've just talked for 20 minutes about going to the train show. It's an entree to two things. It's an uh, If you like Lego, I think, it's an yeah. entree to, which is a very likable thing. And it's something I think a lot of kids, more than when I was a kid, are into Lego now for a variety of reasons. But whatever. But it, it's an intro to stuff like, obviously, it's if you're interested in things like these sets and these trains, but in the miniatures. Like, I used to just like looking at the little dudes holding the lantern next to the tree. Yes. Some of my favorite stuff was like, oh, my God, there's an ice cream stand. That was the stuff that really appealed to me. And the uh, you know somebody wanted to talk about like how how like smoothly the train was moving, which is interesting to me now, but was not at the time because I wasn't part of the culture. Yeah, well, and I love those too, right? And I think what what um, what my daughter loved was she already plays with Legos, mm-hmm. and the idea that there could also be a train running through there, and all of her little town that she is working on all the time could have like some context, like a like this isn't just some little town. This is. Like a, th- a working a thrive, thriving community, Fly, thriving community. So I think I got her at least, uh, at least the idea. And the thing is, once you see a Lego train in action, uh, you can't help but go, "Why? Wh- I've I've been wasting what, what have I what have I been doing? Yeah, what have I been doing this whole? It's time? like when Why? I used to use a Mac before. You know, I used a Mac for 15, 16 years before I was ever on the internet. And like now, I have to imagine now if you put a Mac in front of somebody and sat down and you and they're like, well, where, where's the stuff? And you're like, well, it's all on there, all your apps, all your files, and also you can print if you need to. Uh-huh. And they're like, yeah, but like, where's 
the rest of the world, right? right. And with with a Lego train, oof, yeah. that's a lot of the world that you, is in the palm of your hand now. Yeah, and you can do you could do a space train for that matter. I mean, you could do a super train because it's Lego. Right. Wait a minute. Why has no one built a Lego super train? And why are we not making any money from it? This seems like a thing where right now somewhere in the in the uh, the going places gang in the in the the Roderick on the line verse, right? Someone has just swept a pile of papers off of a table. Yeah. And has if I weren't recording a podcast right now, <laughs> I would not be recording a podcast right now. I would be going home and I would be bringing up the tubs. Yeah. Bring there up are, the tubs. There are many. Bring up the tubs. So many tubs. <laughs> yeah. The tubs. Oh, God. My yeah. wife would love that. Crockets and tubs. <laughs> <laughs> Dear me. Yeah. Yeah, something's coming in the air tonight. Don Johnson. He came in the air. Man, they used to play with Jeff Beck. Isn't that wild? You know, all those guys knew each other. Yeah. Highway Jam. That was his, I think, Highway Jam. Freeway Jam. He had some kind of jam. Did you ever see the video? We were talking about the video real quick for Jan Hammer. And we must have talked about this. You talked about Journey last week, or we talked about Journey. Have you ever seen, remember, not HSAS, but um, that's I think Hager, it was Sean, Aronson, Aronson and Shreve. <laughs> and I've met Michael Shreve. What? Really? Yeah. He Did you ever meet here. one of the Hall brothers? Uh, you mean Daryl Hall and yes. John Hall? and John Hall. <laughs> no, I was thinking John of Hall. Hunts Hall's sons played with David Bowie, and they were like a really good rhythm section. Oh, no, I didn't meet them. I didn't meet the Hall brothers. Um, and what was I saying about trains? Um, you were oh, saying, my oh. goodness. Uh, I, I would I would be all over. I'm look, Now I'm looking at old old uh, Thomas train photos. Because I would go in and I could send you one here right here. Here's one right off the dome, which is like I would introduce my stuff into the mix. So, for example, mm -hmm. here you'll see my action figure of Walter Sobchak from mm. The Big Lebowski. Yes. And How we, is he going to interact with Thomas? Well, if you see there, like... Oh, hello. He, he did big. not watch his buddies die face down in the mud to let this train go by. He's twice as big as your coffee cup. The scale is different, and I'll own that. Okay, uh, so so she, she... you I, Like, real talk, you think hmm. she there were things about it she liked? Well, what happened? What had happened what was, happened was... We went to the state fair this year. Uh-huh. Uh... And I, I'm starting to give the impression that we that I take uh, my daughter on uh, crazy missions to like watch people quilt, and it's not wrong. I do. Mm -hmm. I also make her stand there while I talk about butter, but and, you don't let her eat any. No, and uh, you know, and I take her to the top <laughs> of high rises where I know the elevator operator. You know all this stuff that my dad did for me. Take it, take her to the to the Washington State Senate. It's, and it's, make a, her it's a legacy. Yeah, listen to them pass bills. So we we're at the state fair. And my daughter's mother slash partner was there with us, and I was walking around the uh, the the uh, the craft barn because we go. You know, I've got a limited amount of of uh, interest in looking at a thousand jars of pickled herring because yeah. you can't you can't you're not, taste. You're them not in the community. Yeah, how the hell are you gonna? What? Who cares? But we go. I can't, up to I can't the, even tell you which one's a better goat. Well, okay, so that's a thing. Yeah, I don't know. I watch those dog shows and I get so mad because they're all precious angels. How can, how can you say that one border collie is better than another border collie? They have their, they have their I reasons. I know when they, they touch its wiener and, and they look at its teeth mm -hmm. and then somebody with cankles runs a little bit. 
Yeah, right. And then they, yeah, I guess they shake it. I don't know what they do. They're not they, snow they globes. Do, they, they, shake, they shake the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I would expect less of a rattle and more of a rumble. From yeah, this. they shake it and see what it does. Rhodesian Ridge back. So, so we're at the craft uh, barn yes. and I'm walking around and I'm looking at, oh, you know, yeah, this is the bow and arrow section or whatever. Over here, you've got the people that are, you know, building like a house out of cheese. And I looked around and uh, my daughter had found the looms and there were six people back behind a little like barrier who were working looms and spinning wheels. Mm -hmm. And so she's, you know, gotten into knitting a little bit. And so it was just like, what is going on over here? And the, you know, the people working the looms and, uh, and spinning wheels were all too happy to explain to her what was Right. What they were doing and, and invited her back behind the barrier and we're like, here, you try. And I was like, she's going to prick her finger and go to sleep. And then it's going to be this whole thing. Rumpelstiltskin is my name. The interior self in two. <laughs> and they said, no, no, no. We, we you know, we stamped his foot and tore himself in two. He did. That he was guy, so that mad. Guy's so crazy. He was he so fooled. mad. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I was like, uh, uh, where's your, uh, where's your mom? And she was like, I don't know. I'm here at the, I'm here watching people make yarn. And so I'm wandering around. I'm like, where did she go? And then I see her and she's in the miniature dollhouse section. Oh. And she's walking around looking at the dollhouses. I've never seen this look on her face. Oh. (laughs) Was she, did she, did she have or want doll things as a kid? Well, this is something I don't know. Her mother's a seamstress, and so her house is just full of wedding dresses. And, you know, there's, like, fabric everywhere. Right. But I had never seen in her what was happening here. And I, you know, and I walked up cautiously and was like, you like the dollhouses, huh? And she said, look at the little miniature carpets. And the little, it's got a little teapot. And this has got, and they've got drapes. And I was like, have you never seen a dollhouse before? I think they're hypnotic. Well, so at the end of this, she had clearly exhibited a willingness to go into the train set world of moms, which is dollhouse world. And so I found her a British magazine all about making mid-century modern dollhouses. Oh my God, you're a good little partner friend. (laughs) And I gave it to her for Christmas. And so she's looking, you know, and it's just got, it's like an Ames chair, except it's for a little, for little. There was one in a window. So, you know, West Portal, that place you bought a pair of shorts one night. I do. I do. And you know West Portal. But like, um, I'm so happy to see this has come back for Christmas, but there was this real estate office that always had a dollhouse in the window all the time. And it was fun to look at, but what was really fun about it, and you can understand why, like it's a place for kids whose parents are at the real estate place to have some kind of diversion and keep them busy. And so right. it was different every time we walked by. And there was this oh, woman, cool. there's a little woman petting a horse. And sometimes there was no horse, so she, there's nothing she was petting because somebody moved the horse. But they had this little tiny bucket of, and, and I'm talking, this has got to be like, I don't know what kind of scale it is, but you know, real, the whole three-story thing is like eight, six or eight feet tall. But but like, it had a, I was always obsessed with this tiny little like tub of co- bottled Coca-Cola with real looking oh. ice in it. It's weird. I mean, moments yeah. knock together like magnets. You don't know the thing that's going to get you super interested in this stuff. Yeah, for me, it's always a lamp. That lamp looks like a lamp. It's even it's, hanging there like a lamp. Yeah, it's so it's so little. 
And I think little. When, when you brought this up to her, what was was her response like? Cool, like you, because you weren't going like, ha ha. You like, you're a baby. It oh, was no. more like it was it was gentle, and and you could tell that this is something that was interesting her. Well, one thing about walking around a crafts barn, where everybody from Washington State has brought their their doily or whatever the hell they worked on all year. And again, it's like uh, some judges uh, touch its penis and shake it, and then it's like, this is right. the best doily. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't walk around that barn without <laughs> being very humble about what it, it fascinates people. Because it's like, I mean, you not only pickled all this herring, but you brought it here and were, and were prepared to, for that jar of pickled herring to go up against all the other herring picklers in the whole region. Yes. And you had confidence here, you know? And so seeing her respond to this dollhouse, well, what she doesn't have in her, she works all the time. She's a powerful business yeah. person and she doesn't have a diversion because she, unlike her mother, she does not sew or knit. Unlike, and, and take this in the way I mean it, but like, mm-hmm. and cause this goes for me and it goes for so many other people. And I don't know if it goes for her, but like, it, it's like, it would be nice to have something to do with your hands. That's more than playing with your phone or watching TV. You know yes. what I mean? Like something where like you go and do whatever you want. Like if you want to have HDTV on, that's, that's your thing. But like, uh, it's funny how, how engrossing it can be to have something like that. Lego is a really good example where like, you know, like there was one summer where my kid and I would do Lego every day and listen to the adventure zone. And like, yeah. it was just like this habit and a fun thing. And I think we both really liked it. And like to, to, to provide that for her and like a starter thing would be really cool. Well, and, and, and realizing that everybody loves Lego and she loves Lego. Who doesn't love Lego? You have to be, I don't even know know what you would do. Well, how do you not love Lego? It's okay to like other things too. Like Playmobil Mm -hmm. is incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, What are those, what are those little animals that I like? Uh, Like uh, the critters, like uh, uh, the little fuzzy critters. Uh, oh, you know Pokemans. I mean? Yeah, no. Pokemon. But the little, like when you get a family of, of uh, rabbits and a RV. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. They have houses Calico too. Calico critters, little, we call and them little, here. little trucks. Yeah, I love Calico all, critters. And the, but the thing, here's the thing about Lego and the thing about Playmobil and the thing about cal- what we in the U.S. call Calico critters is that they're all pound for pound as toys astonishingly well made. Yes. I know that sounds weird, but like it used to kill me. I'd be like, I would really much rather buy you a rabbit family or a hedgehog family than like some kind of like just, just, I sound like my mom, but some kind of pile of crap, plastic crap that's, you're just not going to be interested in for that long. Well, because they also have, they make RVs for them and little houses. We have, it. Are, we have yeah. the RV. Yeah. So, so, uh, it's <laughs> not a GMC, but. No, 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 of course. It's a different time. But you can get those from the old Hess Oil Company or whatever oh that, that are calico critter sized. But uh, then the thing was, after we were at the train show, which was down in Puyallup, which a lot of people that aren't from Washington don't know how to pronounce. Mm-hmm. We were down in Puyallup and we drove past one of those big, big, uh, like um, antique barns. There's a lot of barns down there. Oh, it's not, it's like a like an upscale flea market. Like people have booths, or is yes. it like okay, yeah, yeah. And so I was oh, like, that's What's... really cool because you could if you really want a certain kind of plate or a Hummel, that mm-hmm. might be a place or a Yadro. I don't I don't can't think of other old things. Yeah, but... or an unplayable clarinet or somebody's. <laughs> there's there's no playable or, clarinet. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Benny Goodman. 
and called so a liquor I, stick. I said, let's go into the antique barn. And at that point, uh-huh. you know, uh, my kid who spent a, half of her life in antique barns is just like, come on, God, I'd rather do anything. But it was like, for, no, for me, that the- was always like, when you talk about the craft store, I love a craft store now, but when I was a kid going to what I would just call the sewing store, it's yeah. just, there's nothing fun. It's like, how much, how long can I look at bobbins? No, I mean the one thing that might sit. be fun. Everybody's wearing a frock. It's horrible. Some of the some of those sewing stores they let the kids I don't know sit on the fabric, but a lot of them don't. No, we go into the antique barn and I'm walking around. How many antique barns have been in a thousand? Yeah, but something had come over me where I hmm. walking around, and I just felt like gradually it dawned on me that once an item has no practical use anymore, they're all the same. None of them have any value. Nothing in here has any value. As its own, on its own practically, you mean? In, in any way. You know, hmm. like, that is a scythe. Apart from the value that we, the, how right. we feel about it, sort of? That is a scythe. It used to have tremendous value as a scythe to harvest a thing. Mm-hmm. Now it is not used for that. It has no value except decorative. That is a poster of um, of the Bee Gees in the garb of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Mm. Uh, and it's and, and like, Peter Frampton. Yeah, and Peter Frampton. And it's uh, three feet by two feet. It has no value at all. Um, Fold out from Dynamite Magazine. <laughs> You know, this person has collected an, an incredible shelf of uranium glass, and they've put a, a fluorescent light under it to show the glass glowing. It has no value. And none of it has any, this entire barn. There's nothing in here of any value. And because I'm looking at all this stuff and going... I seem like what you might be implying is also that like, if it had value, it wouldn't be in the antique barn. Well, yeah, exactly. And I'm thinking about my own house and the things that I'm seeing in this antique barn that I have equivalents of in my own home. Oh, yeah, sure. Where I'm like, oh, wait, all those things that I'm like, <laughs> but, you know, but this. It's an heirloom. It's like, no, it has yeah. no value except what it does for you emotionally or whatever. And every one of these booths is some version of what will happen to my house when I die. It's just like, it's an estate sale. Oh, sure. And everybody takes, and people come in and they're like. This is me, Moss Cutlery. Yeah, like, what the, what is this? And it's like, oh, if I, and my ghost is over their shoulder going, well, you know. Read the card, read the card. In 1942, (laughs) that was. Actually, there's a funny story behind (laughs) That's right. Have you ever heard of an Enigma machine? (laughs) None of it has any value. The invitation game got a lot of things wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And then I saw some guy had Mm -hmm. collected beer steins from Bavaria (laughs) that all had connections to the U.S. Army in the early 60s. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's some old guy's dream. Some, and he had a whole collection of them. And uh, I found one because I don't know if you know this about me, but I have a large collection of German beer steins that I use as coffee cups. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot could of them are Could you distinguish, just, just for, for our younger listeners, could you distinguish uh, how does a, a stein differ from either a normal beer mug or from like a typical coffee cup? How does that differ? Well, the ones that I like are one liter and they are ceramic. And so, for instance, the one I'm drinking out of right now 
uh, is uh, from 1966. I'm drinking out of a one liter beaker. <laughs> yes, a beaker. Mm-hmm. No, this this is from Munchen mm. uh, in uh, in 1966. It appears to be from an ophthalmologist's convention, mm. and it has underneath it all of the stamps of all of the different beers. Spot and Brow and, and, uh, you know, like, um, what, what are some of these, you know, like Thomas like, Brow var- varietals of, of beer or like all brands, the different beers, all the beer. different big okay. beers of okay. the, of the <clears throat> Oktoberfest. And so I have, you know, probably not a dozen. Hmm. I'm not crazy. Not crazy. Yeah. Probably eight mm-hmm. of that, these. That's, I mean, like there's, that's just one more than days of a week. There it is. And just because exactly you can right. reuse them doesn't mean they aren't useful. I mean, read and a as, book. As someone who loves coffee, I feel like a liter of coffee is is a is a fine amount of coffee. I'm gonna remember that. That yeah. is really interesting. A liter at a time. Okay. I'm okay. not saying all I drink is a liter. I'm saying that you go from no, liter to you've liter. You've already said plenty. You can see next to Walter Sobchak, you can see my coffee cup I got in Hawaii, which is a, a pretty big coffee cup. It ain't no liter. You know, a liter is generally the, the capacity of the bladder. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. I don't think it works exactly like that. It isn't like one in, one out. But just so you know, if you've ever had to, like, let's say your wife's in the bathroom in the morning and you had to mm. go pee in a one liter uh, beaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's say, for instance. But, like, you wouldn't want to do that necessarily first thing in the morning because you might be a little bit over capacity. Do you feel like your pee beaker and your uh, coffee beaker are, like, in some kind of kosher Listen, shelving? I think it's like, I, <laughs> this is for like, meat and milk. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I did. it's on a shelf. It said daddy's urine glass. <laughs> I'm not saying not to use it. I just, it's yeah. just disclosure. It's legal. Yeah. I yeah. don't know how you'd have to wash it a lot of times to get, to wash it out of your mind. Thank you for, right. thank you for sharing that. And so yeah. the, and do you keep those on a sort of on display or are they in nope. a cabinet? Okay. Nope. They're in the cap. They're treated like coffee cups. Eight stones. It's not like they don't have, it's not like they have lids and are there. These are meant to be. Uh, those are meant to have beer in them. I mean, them. you're not in the SA. Yeah, exactly. It's not It's not some yodelahi who thing. Ein Prosit, ein Prosit. Yeah. No, this is, these are working man's uh, beer steins. Yeah. So I find a guy that's got a whole booth of them, and I'm already oh, saying man. to myself, yeah, look, none of, saw this, you coming. <laughs> none of this has any value. This is all pure garbage. And there's so much stuff in it that it's one of those where you could walk around it, look at every booth, and then immediately walk around again and see... 100% different stuff the second time you went around. Because the first time you went around, you looked at some stuff, and then the next time you came around, you're you like, were doing, oh, You're I, doing a fast, that, that initial kind of, I think I know what you're talking about. This is true in lots of places. Where you do the initial fast gloss, but then when you pass back by and like kind of like second order thinking, you like process it more. Like exactly. for me, it was always like, I, I, you make fun of the, like, oh, Chinzano posters or whatever. But I always did like, like just, well, actually, one time we were in Washington, we went to something like this, maybe near the fish place. And remember where there was like, I bought that time magazine with Howard Hughes from when I was a kid. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. I've always loved stuff. There's an amazing episode issue of time magazine. That was all about Howard Hughes when the melt, when the, when the book came out by that uh-huh, guy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I, I still treasure that. I mean, I have not one, but not 20, yes. but somewhere in between, uh, like newspapers, about ma- a man walking on the moon, which apparently did, did any, I'm just curious, uh, and I don't want I don't want to continue to take you off this, but just out of curiosity for our listeners, have you any um, magazines for adult men who have vision impairment? 
Uh, well, I do have. I, don't, I mean, that seems like a really random question, but like, if there was a guy you knew whose you know site wasn't what it used to be, are there yeah. any kind of men's magazines that you'd be able to give him to, while he's there to, to 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 you know flip through? If you wanted to read the articles, which is I think why men buy magazines of that kind. Uh, I do have, you know, a, a four-volume set of, of Braille Playboys, which yeah. we've discussed before. Yeah. But in this case, I'm so, going so through... says here, Jimmy Carter has lust in his heart. Huh. I'm going through... There was a rabbit, a weird swimming rabbit. Huh. Um, but I'm, I'm going through these beer steins, and I'm like, yeah, I've got that one. Yeah, that's cute. Oh, that's cool, but, you know, yeah. who... I'm not... I don't really support the 10th Mountain Division at, the, in, at this juncture in my life. It's not that I don't support them. It's just I don't need their mug in my in my uh, uh, cupboard, and then I find one. I should have just kept walking, but there's one mm. that has all the different uh, regions of Germany, all the different states of Germany, if you will, mm -hmm. the, um, you know, Hesse and, and uh, Brandenburg and all these things, with their little shields, their little oh, shields, and it's all on a map of Germany with the lines and then the largest city of each region and when i you know when it's i used like to a placemat when we were kids exactly but it's so perfect if there's anything you want i mean like you're probably not going to get a very cool wehrmacht one those are no. probably locked up somewhere <laughs> no no i'm talking about the wehrmacht i'm talking about i'm talking no, just about the wehrmacht yeah i'm talking about the og army yeah right there there they are they're not nazis they're just the regular army a lot of people had their reasons, and I'm not here to defend Hitler. Mm -hmm. but no. No, but no. That, I don't know how you walk past that. Well, so I, I grabbed it, and I'm walking around the store because I'm holding it, mm -hmm. and I'm looking at it. And at one point in time, I knew all the states of Germany. And I remember being on tour, and our German uh, label guy at one point That's said— called, It's called the Labelmeister. The Labelmeister. He said, why do you know the state? Why do you know the states of Germany better than I do? I don't, I, I'm not sure I could say all this. Monocle falls out. The different states of Germany. What is this? And I was like, I don't this? know. I don't know what your problem is. There's not, there's not 50 of them. There's oh, yeah. a lot fewer. There's not that many. But I don't know. I couldn't name them all now. Schleswig, Holstein, and whatnot. And so, Bad Württemberg. So I... Off. So, so I said, I need this. This does have value because every morning when I drink my coffee, or not every morning, once a week, when I drink my coffee out of this mug, I can study the states of Germany. So it's, so it's a thing I need. I know, I know. it's not yeah. a thing I need, but it's, no, it's like I an extension course. You yeah. get to, no, right. You get to enjoy your coffee and you, maybe you learn a little something. You learn a little something. Yes. And so I and what, what era? So this is, is this what was this is from the '60s? So it's is it representing? I, I don't know how much those German states have changed over time uh, after you know the war. But are, were after they after Napoleon? The, oh, don't get me started. You know the seas, <laughs> the seas are a battlefield. Oceans are Bonaparte. a battlefield. Bonaparte, <laughs> old Boney's going to be coming around. Well, no, these th this map of Germany does not reflect the Iron Curtain. It is a map of a unified Germany, but I don't know if this is some kind of revisionist. So it butts right up against Czechoslovakia. Yeah. So if this is a 1960s oh, version where they're like, we don't acknowledge that this is two countries, or whether it's like the fact that it's now two countries is not relevant to the to these states, or whether it's either. I don't think or maybe it's, it's evocative of of a time when it all was one thing, which is I'm given to believe part of what drives a lot of German pride is 
right? The like the the, the having all of your lands. Yeah, but that but there's so many little duchies and principalities in that universe. Europe, that, man. So it's not it doesn't reflect any of that. It's not like oh here's the you know the Duke of uh, Fartenstein. Yeah. Uh, Dot, so it's just line around the Sudetenland. And you know, and fart means a different thing to the Dutch than it does to us. Yeah. But um, Ausfart, for instance, is what, oh that's you know, that's that's when you reunite with your fart. Einfart and Ausfart. Uh, that's right. Scheiße. Ansch, Anschfart, yeah. right? Which was, uh, which Do you they know wanted. he was greeted with flowers in Austria? No, he was. I know. Well, he's and, and that's the thing. It, it set a really bad standard. The Anschluss, like, really set kind of a bad standard. <laughs> you you know, know, his grandmother was Jewish, or maybe his mom, who knows? We'll never know. Comes now. through the women. Uh, but anyway, so by the time it was time to leave, uh, and I and I looked at my daughter and her mother, and they both had spirals for eyeballs, <laughs> because it was like there's no, they're hypnotized. <laughs> like Mr. Kylie. <laughs> and I said, "Okay, uh -huh. I'm sorry. Are you guys ready to go? <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Moving moving out the door. But I did stop and buy the Bierstein with the states of Germany, and I have it now. I'm not I, I'm not using it because I'm using this Munchen one, but um. But yeah, I've got a, I, I did buy a thing, but I walked out of there and I was like, this has no value other than the value I impart to it. And that is important for me to say, as I look around the room here and I go, oh, wait, none no of this value. Any value. For some reason, I'm hung up a little bit on that statement. You think that's true? Like we say no value. You're being a little silly, right? Like it obviously has value as some kind of a coffee thing. We haven't talked about prices and I don't think we need to be unseemly and talk about prices. Sometimes no. it comes down to like what this thing costs. Like if you want that Chinzano poster yeah. and, and it's $160, well, you better really want that particular one and it better be in the condition that if you're a collector, I'll yeah. bet they capitalize a lot on I mean, you know, we've got that thing in our hallway, that, that uh, a table in our hallway that is T-H-E table that was always in science classes when I was a kid, when you had a lab oh, yeah. partner, had the, the super heavy, very, very strong wooden, you know, basin legs. And then that kind of like black top. The black top that if you put anything wet on yeah, it, 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 weighs, a little... it weighs so much. But yeah. one time I was at one of those places that where I didn't think I needed anything and I don't want a $160 Chinzano poster. Um, and we uh, ended up driving away with a lab table in our Volvo. I know, I know. I mean, I'm sitting here. I'm still using room. it. That thing didn't know me and Nicholas. Still got boogers and, uh, and bubble gum all over it. I mean, every single thing in my house was previously owned. <laughs> and so looking around, it's just like, well, yeah. I mean, there's right now I'm looking at a globe that is slightly bigger than a basketball and it doesn't have a stand. It's just a globe, just the ball. It was never meant to be on a stand? It was built at a time when it it, me it was meant to sit in a Bakelite uh, little, like, not bastic, but cup. It, it would sit in like a, a... Like a cradle? A cradle made out of Bakelite, and it was meant to be handled, picked oh. up and, and held in the hand. Handled and the turned globe. Around. And it's bigger than a, a bastic ball. Yeah, yeah. And so we had... I've had it for years... And for some reason, I don't know where it was living before, but all of a sudden it's living in the living room and it's basically just in a corner of the couch. And anytime roughly, you sit down, roughly win from, <clears throat> so this is the thing. So I pick it up. 
And I have a lot of globes. And dating globes is like one of my fun things. Like, oh, you see a globe? An old globe? There must be ones 15. where you can like quickly – there must be a heuristic where you can go – I don't know, what's Rhodesia called or whatever, right? Yeah, like, exactly. there's got to be quickies where you can do that. Bosnia, Herzegovina, maybe not. Like, but, you know, right, that kind of thing where you you probably have a handful of things where you jump straight to it and go, like, oh, even something like Alaska and Hawaii aren't there or whatever. Well, no, 100%. I mean, they're there, but, yeah. That's exactly how you do it. You know, you immediately go to Africa and you go, oh, French West Africa, eh? Okay. <laughs> I get it. French Indochina. So now then you go to Mongolia and you're like, what's Mongolia? What's the state of Mongolia? And then you're down in, you know, there are various regions, right, where you can point at things and go, that didn't exist before this, but it didn't exist after this. So we and know. This is before we called it Mumbai. And so we're looking at the globe. Well, my daughter has this interest in geography. And so we're passing the globe back and forth. And I'm like, see this here, you know, like this means that this was before this, but after, you know, if this says United Arab Republic, then it means we're here. But if this says Brit, uh, like Anglo Egyptian Sudan, then it means we're here. And so we're going back and forth. And I had never spent that much time with this globe, but we both are kind of, like increasingly And the more you look at it, if it were me, I can very much imagine that becoming more and more, not a mystery, but more and more of an adventure or a puzzle of like, yeah, "Yeah, but what about this? And what about that? And there might be some that they missed. And like where you would try to like almost, not not that it matters, but you would try to go like, I think this is from the first half of 1968 or whatever. Exactly right. And, and what I didn't, what I wasn't prepared for was we were, um, we were, pretty sure that it was you know like oh this has got to be from pretty soon after the war and we were you know more and more amazed as we as we dug deeper into it like oh this is this seems like it's kind of from the war and then my god it's been a tough time for globe people well, that's exactly right. And we were like extremely, it was getting weirder and weirder. And we realized that this globe was from 1939. Oh, come on. And I had no idea that I from had. Before, from before. From the year, the the year that, I mean, we there was a couple of things that happened by that point. But like, by the time you've like committed to what's on that globe, that's going to come out around 1939. That is an old world. Uh, it's an old world. And so we're looking at an Africa oh God, that's and cool. a Central Asia that is that these borders are as you would have seen them at the very beginning of World War II. Jesus. And and there's and there and the thing is the way the this globe is there's no other time like that a it could snow have been. globe. Yeah. It's kind of trapped trapped in uh, chronological amber. Yeah, we shook it, and then it snowed, and and so all of a sudden this <laughs> border collie came out. This globe that oh. had been bouncing around on the couch that was like, oh, it's another one of Daddy's globes, but it's the you know, but it's like a basketball because it doesn't have a stand. All of a sudden, we were both like, oh my god, like this is an artifact that you hardly ever see. Yeah, uh, a thing from that moment, and I have no idea. I don't remember what thrift store I bought it in. No. And I had never spent the time. I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is a beautiful thing. And it's, and I, I'm sure I gave it the cursory, like, oh, look, it's got Anglo-Egyptian Sudan. Like that's, mm-hmm. that tells me a lot about kind of where it's from. 
but I hadn't spent that time to find that little, that the one little key that was like, that didn't exist before and it didn't exist after. And of course you have to, you have to compare it with like, oh yeah, it was from 1911, but this other thing wouldn't have been true. Right, right, right. And Fucking so League of Nations, Jesus. So incredible. And I'm looking at it right now and I'm like, but actually, those who were made a year later uh, w- would be the same for a thousand years. <laughs> <laughs>